podcast. We are your hosts, William Belk and David Shablock. Tonight, we're going to jump into the first of what's going to be at least a two-part series on microcomputers. Uh, so today, we're going to talk about Raspberry Pi, some of the projects that surround that, both inside of simulation and outside some of the more fun stuff that we've done even around our houses. Uh, and then kind of where that falls in place with Arduino, which will be the next episode we do. We're hoping to bring on spe a special guest for that portion of it. Arduino is more uh, the actual robotic controller than it is actual computer. And, and so we'll play around with that. We, we have a few other things coming up. Uh, so we're looking at doing an episode on accreditation through SSH. We're looking at doing some stuff on some deeper moulage topics like using prosthetics. Uh, and then anything that you guys want to hear from us, make sure you're letting us know, because a lot of this stuff comes directly from suggestions that come from listeners. And so if you've got something that you want to hear us talk about or that you want to even come on and talk with us, make sure you get in touch with us and let us know. Uh, so, David, what's going on out there in Ohio? Garage Project, uh, which has my shop on the back of it. And uh, hopefully that will have st more stable Internet, as uh, we've seen in the beginning of this episode and uh no it's it's going to be a nice space to uh get a whole bunch of projects done i've got a ton of projects that are pending and waiting for some space and you know hookups and things like that to get done so the walls are painted the ceiling the walls are painted and hopefully by the weekend we can um have a little pouring and i can start moving some things in what do you got going on well, first things first, man, I, you know, I, I talked to you about this earlier, but those pictures you posted to your shop, it's looking good, dude. Uh, that blue wall, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, this actually looks like it, your facility at work. It took me a minute to realize that was your garage project you work on at home. So uh, it's it's really turning out. It looks nice. I'm digging the pictures. I'm, I'm actually a little bit jealous. It's going to make me get into my shop and start doing some work <laughs> at my house, which I was trying to avoid. Uh, you know, out here, man, I need more video episodes. I know. Well, that definitely requires me to be somewhere other than hotel rooms at some point. <laughs> so uh, on my end, uh, you know, not a whole lot of updates. I'm still teaching about every week here in Denver. That's where I'm at right now. Traveling back and forth for the weekends, going home, coming back down here the following week. Uh, a couple big recent updates over here is I finally got approval for the VR project that I've been working on for about three years. And so a uh, little, little over two going on three years. And so I have my company that I work for. I've been trying to sell it for a long time. Uh, and I just, it was hard. There wasn't anyone else in the industry, in my industry specifically that was using it. And so to be able to, to kind of show a value in that took a long time and we do have approval. Uh, and so over the next, dude, it is awesome. And I am beyond stoked. Oh, yeah. So over the next few months or so, uh, we'll of course have to work out all the details in the contracts, but then we'll start building out each of those cases. And we're going to, we have a whole list of uses we're going to use this for. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, we'll be publishing some stuff on that as well. So hopefully we'll be able to actually share a little bit more of that information once I have it all written out. And a new episode or two for us here on VR. Oh yeah. There's absolutely, there's at least one episode because there's a whole lessons learned thing here too, of all the things that did and didn't work when I was trying to push this somewhere. So uh, I think, I think there's a whole episode just on how to plan this and how to sell it to leadership in order to bring this, this kind of project to your workplace. And, I, and then we can go into everything else about what's out there. Uh, I know you and I've talked about this before, but I, I know joke, I spoke with every VR company that would pick up the phone for a good three months when I was getting, you know, kind of rolling through this well over a year ago uh, before settling on the one that I, that I'm working with. And I'm not going to say who they are quite yet. I will share that at some point and maybe bring them on to join us. Um, but I, I mean, I was even calling video game companies that make VR video games that had nothing to do with medical simulation, just trying to find somebody who could build exactly what we needed because it's a pretty specific project. Nice. 
Uh, and we finally settle on a vendor and the vendor is, has been wonderful to work with. They've put up with my, my two years of constant phone calls and new quotes and everything else. And so um, I think this is, this is going to be a, a good long-term relationship. And like I said, I hope we can bring them on to talk at some point, maybe even with some others and make a panel out of it. That'd be awesome. Uh, you know, it's, I'll tell you, I didn't totally get the application of VR in the first place. And every time I go to a conference, there's a bajillion people all around the booths. And I'm telling you what, I, I the more people there is at an event, the quieter and kind of more like in the background I go. And I know it's hard to believe, but so I, I just kind of shy away from busy booths. Um, this whole format of IMSH being one-on-one has been fantastic fantastic because i can just go in i can talk to somebody and that's the thing i've done with the vr people that was the number one goal i had was to start going around to all of the different vr vendors at um msh and they've been great too uh, i talked to your vendor and then i talked to a lot of the other ones and uh, um it's it's been great i've actually understood it a lot more and also my company has a vr program they they're self-developing and that's really what gave me the great primer on what is the reason why use it, when use it, and how to use it? And it's, it's great. There, there is some excellent research going on over the last few years and still currently uh, that show that, yeah, it's a heavy investment up front, but there are significant cost savings. And again, when we get a little bit further into this, and of course, I need to get a little bit of permission, but I, I think we'll be able to talk about, about uh, talk a bit about the amount of money we're going to sp- spend versus the money we're going to save, um, even if it's in generalizations. But uh, the the investment will easily pay itself within 12 months, and so like it's this is this is a wow. wonderful thing. It's a huge investment, uh, and but it, it's going to pay itself off, and that's that's really what matters, and so that's what we're kind of excited about on our end. Yeah, that statement you just said was, I mean, impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be exciting. I wish I could share more because I, I I have all this information. I just want to spit it out, but I'm afraid that I I don't want to shoot myself in the foot. Let's. Let's get this thing working, get everything up and going, make sure it's all working as well as we'd hoped. And then by then we'll be able to show it off too. So we'll be able to share it a little bit more and I'll have a lot more information on it. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to not share information, but you and I being from EMS, we know Murphy hates us. So that's, that's one of the reasons I'm, I would be scared too, too. Let's get it going. (laughs) Yeah. That's the Q word with the shift, man. (laughs) Yes. The, yes. The minute, no, we don't say that. Still, the minute you say something is going well, it's going to fall apart quickly. All right. Yeah. So let's let's jump mm. into this. So Raspberry Pi, uh, you know, Raspberry Pi computers I, came into my life. Uh, I think I've already talked about this before, but at least five years ago. Uh, and I was I was working as a flight paramedic at the time. And I was working occasionally running up to Tulsa and helping with our simulation lab. We rented space back then from what is OSU Medical School in Tulsa. And so I, I got this wild idea that this little $35 computer could somehow power a human patient simulator. Now, whether that was just going to be speakers with lung sounds, uh, I never really thought that far ahead. I just went out and bought the thing and started playing with it. Right? And you know, I didn't really have a plan for what it was going to be. I, I even went as far as I got a, a mannequin. And when I say mannequin, I mean legit like a dress form that you would see in a store. Uh, and I cut some holes for some speakers and I shoved this Raspberry Pi in there and started kind of working with some stuff. Now, background on me, I'm a paramedic. I fix people and I only do that in like short periods of time, right? It's not long-term fixes. <laughs> uh, and so Squirrel. when it came to the programming and the wiring everything up, like I, I can mess around, but I did not have the skills necessary to complete the project that in my brain, I thought I was gonna pull off. Uh, but what I did have the skills to do was turn that same Raspberry Pi computer into a totally badass video game system. 
that I then took to every base, base I worked at and every one of us would just play old school video games on it. Uh, and I still kept that dream of making a simulator at some point. So that, that's kind of where I started with this. Now, I'm not going to talk about the company or anything like that because I don't know if, you know, I, I don't want to step on toes. But do you know there is a human simulator on the market that is based off Raspberry Pi? I am aware of that. Yes, I knew they were working on it, but I, I have no experience with it. Yeah, it's out there. But first, before we dive into there, what just as the primer, when do we do Arduino and what for? And when do we do Raspberry Pi? Because like you, I started with Raspberry Pi and then I took an amazing class at SimGhost Memphis uh, from Chad Jackson. He's out of Chicago, works for Chest, uh, Chief Innovation Officer. Cool guy, great inspect instructor. Um, and that was the biggest thing is when I was trying to get into this, I, I didn't understand. Oh, there is Arduino, there is Raspberry Pi. I like raspberries, maybe I'll go with that. And, and I'm, I'm not going to BS you on saying, I think that's why I went with Raspberry Pi, uh, because I just didn't know what the difference is. So just as a primer for everybody in the audience, what, what's, when, when do we use one? When do we use the other? What for? What kind of things? Yeah, so uh, at its most basic definition of both, a Raspberry Pi is effectively a tiny personal computer. It's a tiny PC. You can plug in a keyboard, a monitor, and a mouse, uh, throw an SD card with a flashed bit of uh, an operating system on it. Now, most of the time it's Raspbian, but I know there, some people have made it work with a little like a Windows mobile. There's a few other options out there, right? Um, but it, it yep. basically is a computer. You could set this up and run spreadsheets on it. You could watch YouTube videos, just like you're working on a, a Windows PC. Now, anyone that knows what Linux is, it's another operating system uh, that is open source. Ubuntu is a version of it. Raspbian, the, the RPI software or operating system is a version of Linux. Uh, and so that is, that's the Raspberry Pi side. It is effectively a small computer that you can set up. And within a few minutes, I mean, my kid has one of these. That's his computer that I set up for him for him to mess around with. Nice. Uh, and and if you're, I've never played it, but it actually comes preloaded with Minecraft. So if you got kids out there, oh, and you yeah. want to build a five or ten dollar computer, like it's perfect. Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of the more Raspberry Pi side, and and there is some crazy stuff you can do with it. We're gonna get into a little bit of that later. Whereas Arduino is more like a controller. So think of it instead of being a full on PC with a monitor and operating system, all stuff. I I see it more as like a robotics controller. Uh, it takes an input and it makes an output. And, and yes, that it can get way more complicated than that. Um, but if you had to break these two down into very simple things, Raspberry Pi is a personal computer. Arduino is a robotics controller. Uh, and you can use those for all kinds of things. So it's I've to seen. do tasks. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good way of doing it. So like people have so made like how fish I look at feeders. It, it, <laughs> you it, can... it, it's to do tasks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it can take information. So the, the Raspberry Pi is more like it's more computer based uh, and which brings me kind of the next point. So Raspberry Pi, I didn't get into it immediately. Right. It's, I told you it was, it's been five or six years for me. I don't know, 2015, 2016, somewhere I was working for Tulsa Life Flight at the time. So I know um, I know where I was at when I ordered it. And the first place I set one up, I don't remember what year it was. Uh, it came out in like 2012. And the whole point was to use these thirty five dollar computers in a classroom setting to teach kids how to program. And very, very rapidly, it kind of got absorbed into the hobbyist group, right? So people started seeing, oh, I can use it for this, or I can use it for that, or I have this other crazy idea, and I have a use for a $30 computer that I can completely destroy and not be upset about. Um, and it's also very small uh, form factor. So the, the Raspberry Pi, the original, uh, which is now in its fourth edition, is about the size of a credit card. 
the Pi Zero, which came out around 2015, 2016, uh, is about the size of a stick of winter, like wintergreen gum. So very, very small form factors. You can put these in anything you want. And so they, like I said, they started Altoids for a, a reason. Is popular. I have one. I actually have a, uh, I have a retro yeah. pie system with a, an old school Nintendo style controller that's USB plugged into an Altoids can that, can that I made. And I love it. Yep. Um, so, yeah. so all of those things, just to kind of look at it real quick, is it came out for, for classroom use, teach kids how to code. Uh, it actually comes with like free lessons, if you will, on that software and all the different co- uh, programming languages, which is awesome. Uh, but everybody that was already versed in that started making very cool projects that people like me could come along without that experience and follow their instructions and come up with something pretty cool, usually within the, within an afternoon, right? They spend a couple hours setting things up. Yes. Yes. That's my world. See what others did and replicate that. Yeah. And they're, and they're cheap. So like I said, the, uh, the Raspberry Pi currently in its fourth edition, so 4B, uh, starts at 35 bucks and it can go up because there's now they're offering it with multiple levels of RAM. So, I mean, I think it can go up to like $75, something like that, maybe 70 bucks. Um, the 3B, uh, which was the first version to come with built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, um, that one starts at like $29. I think it's just a flat 29 bucks. Uh, and then the, the Raspberry Pi Zero is super cheap. So Raspberry Pi Zero starts at four bucks for the newest one. And then it's $5 if you don't need Wi-Fi, but it, or it's $10 if you need the Wi-Fi adapter. I'm pretty sure it's how it's set up. So the only thing I will say is now those prices need accessories. So there's no power supply. There's no, you know, yeah. and the accessories are very, very inexpensive. You and I have are, are both the same favorite playland to go look at accessories and buy them and spend way too much money on them. And, and that is Micro Center. Um, if you happen to be lucky enough to have a Micro Center near you, oh man, it's like the mecca of, of these small board computers. It's awesome. But so when we say these prices, yeah, you will need some additional accessories, but not that much. That's still the, the buy-in price for something that you can play with, destroy, re-image, and just have fun with, but you can also out of the box, you know, find a, um, a project somebody's done and jump into it and start doing it yourself is pretty awesome. Yeah. And you make a good point. So there are accessories that are going to be needed, uh, but one of the great things with it too, especially with the larger ones, like the actual, the Pi 3, the Pi 4, every single one of us, I'm assuming every one of us has a supply room at the Sim Center or has a room in our house that has an extra monitor keyboard mouse in it. That's just kind of sitting around. Uh, and maybe I'm the only one, but I feel like we all have a, a pile of shit that we should have thrown away and we never did. And and when you buy Guilty. this, like, yeah, I mean, when you buy a computer for 35 bucks, you're right. It does require accessories, but most of us already have them on hand, right? Uh, and you can take your, your monitor off of your normal desktop at your house and just plug it into this thing and get it set up to run headless, which means eventually you just take the monitor off and it runs and does its own thing without ever actually being plugged in. Uh, or, and then you, and occasionally you'll, you'll fire it up and you'll check. And so like, that's how the one that's on my 3d printer works. I got everything set up with it running on a monitor. And then I put it on the, on the 3d printer. And now it just, it turned, I turn it on, I turn it off and it runs all of its own system. It does not require me to have a monitor keyboard, a mouse, anything hooked up to it anymore. And it's fantastic. And the power supply is another thing. We probably all have a hundred thousand of it's because it is a micro a USB charger. So if you've ever had an Android phone, Android tablet, or quite literally like any USB accessory, you probably already have that cord available. And that's what the power comes from. You can just plug it into that. But if you have kids, you have a thousand of these cables and none of them work. So you might have to buy one. 
That is the one thing I'm good at. If I have a cable that <laughs> dies, it goes in the trash because I don't want to be yeah. digging for one at some point and find it dead. I'll, I'll keep stuff uh, I should not keep. But when it comes to cables and those yep. little USB blocks, you know, like you plug in the, the little transformer block, or whatever it is, the minute one yep. of those dies, yep. it goes in the trash because I will be pissed if I need one and I find it and it's not working. <laughs> so so I, what I do, especially at work, I will cut the cables because I know people at work are just as frugal cheap as me. And they'll see the cable going, why'd somebody throw that away? And then it keeps getting recycled. So I got in the habit years ago of cutting them. <laughs> so the other thing I do want to point out, the the Pi 1 and Pi 2, those were the earliest versions. That's the 2012, 2013 era. Uh, those both require Wi-Fi adapters as well, which is cheap. It's just a little USB plug-in that's a 802.11 or whatever plug-in adapter. Uh, but if you get to the 3, the 4, and even the Pi 0W or the WH, which just means the head pens are already soldered on for you, uh, those all have Wi-Fi built in, so you do not have to... Uh, have any additional adapters with the exception of one project, which we're going to talk about here in a little while. And that's the Wi-Fi range extender. Uh, so David, that was kind of my, like I said, I, I kind of explained where I came into this. What was your introduction to Raspberry Pi? I know you said you did this before Arduino, but why? Yeah, I, I don't remember what got me into it. I know for years we tried in our sim lab to mix glucose solutions and we got really good at, at, at cutting down one ml syringes, um, making the plunger, you know, basically gluing it to not gluing it, but taping it to sim man's pinky finger. And we would, you know, try to dial in the sugar and we would test it. We would test it. We would test it. And then it came to the time, you know, that we would do the, um, the sim and it'd be a hundred points off. And we just got frustrated. I'm like, I want to build a, send a receiver and a sending signal so that I can, you know, send a three digit or two digit code of numbers to a receiver. And that'll be the glucose reading. And that was the original thing that I think I, I got me looking at it. Um, and then I did exactly what you did. I got myself a raspberry Pi, And the first thing I did was build a retro arch and make sure I had every Nintendo game and super Nintendo and things like that. And, you know, as you get into super Nintendo, they can't quite handle the hardware, but it, that's a whole nother conversation, but um, that's where I got into it. And then um, did some stuff with it. I built an octoprint and out of the box, if you just use the project, you know, the way they did it, it works great. And I got all fancy and tried to put a touch screen on my thing and it never worked right. And then I put it aside and I need to just go back to doing exactly what you did. Keep it simple, stupid, and just load the image on there and let it run because it's great. You can control your printer. You can watch it with a webcam and, and all that stuff from way far away. Um, then I kind of got out of it. And uh, going back to the Arduino, or, uh, Arduino for a minute, I went to SimGhost Memphis and um, Chad Jackson from uh, Chest in Chicago. He, um, I may have mentioned that already. Um, he had a great, great class and I, and I got to play with Arduino and that's where I got to see the other side of that. And since then, I haven't done a whole lot with it. Yeah, I'm. It, well, obviously we'll get into Arduino a bit too, but I, I, I have a handful of them. Honestly, the, the only successful like big Arduino thing I had to do is I bought it to flash the, the software onto the 3D printer, right? The firmware. Uh, and then I, I do have a couple others that are in various stages of random projects that I either picked up from people that bought them and then ended up not using them and I ended up inheriting them or I had some other plan with it. So I have one that's running a couple stepper motors with the idea that my my long term again, I make these big projects and I just don't have the time to follow them through. But I was I was looking right. at a potential 3D scanner project um, with an actual rotating bed where the camera stays stationary. 
And so like, I, I had this idea and, and I say, I had this idea. I had the idea. I went online. I found somebody who built something similar. And then I went, Oh, I have 80% right. of these parts. So I'm just going to you know, pile them all in a box. And of course it's uh, it's actually got a little joystick that turns it in circles. And I have stepper motors, which would be the same thing you use for a, a 3d printer. Uh, and then that ended exactly how it started. Right. Everything went back in the box and I just, I moved and I haven't had a chance to dig it back out. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll have to get somebody on uh, that's really deep into that Arduino world. And I know of a few people, I know you and I've talked about a few people that'd be a good, a good guest for that. And we'll see if any yep. of them are available. Yep. Um, but as far as, yep. as far as okay. Raspberry Pi, mind. You, you mentioned Octoprint. I, I've got a lot of Raspberry Pi projects around, but I still think that my Astro print is probably like my favorite because uh, like you said, I can print from anywhere. Um, I can actually download something from Thingiverse on my cell phone, slice it and send it to my printer when I'm a thousand miles away, as long as my printer is on and it'll heat up and it'll send it and it'll print. Now, of course, nobody's there to spray the bed with hairspray. So I it occasionally will fail. Um, but the other thing I can do is at any point, if I just look at my phone, I pull up and I can, I watch the first few layers. Right. Uh, and if I look at my phone and I realize that a print has fallen over or it's failing as I can terminate it immediately. I don't have to wait till I'm home to clean up a bunch of spaghetti. I just reach up and I click kill it and it'll actually stop the print from anywhere. So I can start, I can stop, I can slice from my phone, which is probably the coolest part of all of this. Um, and that is entirely free. I For mean, me, I already, I already had all yeah. the pieces. And so the software was free. It took me a half, maybe a half a day to get the whole thing set up. I tried Octoprint. I had a terrible experience. I could not get it working the way I wanted. Astroprint worked yeah. basically right out of it, right after I downloaded it, set it up, it worked just fine. And I've been using it for God, close to three years now. Which, I mean, we're talking about, you know, Honda and Toyota and, you know, different sort of brands and, and, you know, each one of them have their benefit as Oster, Octoprint and Astroprint. And yeah, my favorite thing of, of Octoprint is the fact that I can stop a bird nest being made uh, or spaghetti or whatever you want to call it. You know, when I have a print fail, I can remotely go stop save my filament so the, i mean i can watch it with an old i mean old uh webcam i found you know i don't spend a lot of money on it because it's just you know for what i'm doing and it works with so many different webcams you know if you've got one kicking around it probably works with it and and you're right if you keep it simple stupid and you load just the project that you know they've got and don't try to modify it too much it just works so octoprint worked for me astroprint worked for you and they both functionally do the same thing well, I mean, Astroprint is an Octoprint build, right? They took Octoprint and they just oh. built upon it and, and made it more yeah. interface-based, right? So you have software, like it shows up on your screen. Um, but yeah, it, it's very similar. And and yeah, to your point, they, they're they very similar. Once you get set up, honestly, the only thing I couldn't do with Octoprint is no matter what I did and following all the instructions to a T, I could never get the damn thing to connect to the Wi-Fi at my house. Uh, and oh. so I went, went to Astroprint and it worked just fine. And so I, that's, and wow. so I gave up probably as quickly as I started um, and I do have the official Raspberry Pi camera, uh, which is, it's okay. I mean, that, I know, that's where I'm going to leave it. it yeah. It's not meant to be an amazing camera, right? Like it is supposed to be 1080. Uh, it does have infrared, which is kind of cool. So I can watch prints in the dark instead of leaving the lights on in the shop. Um, but the only reason I have it, I didn't go out and buy it, is when I got my 3D printer, the guy I got it from, who's still in the box, never assembled, he had it. He had this camera, but he didn't have any way of using it. Didn't have the Raspberry Pi, and so he just gave it to me. And so, I, like, I don't, otherwise, nice. I'd be with you. I have old. I would have just used an old webcam. Um, so I know that's so why I have the Raspberry Pi camera. It works great. It, the image quality is what it is, right? It's it's a twenty dollar camera, um, but it yeah. but it works just fine. So, yeah. So I mean, I think we're both we were both set up with that, and I think that's by far like my favorite thing 
uh, as far as functionality, productivity that I use it for uh, that may have to do with simulation, you know, a 3D printer, it, when it's running is almost always because of something sim related. Occasionally I'll print something fun for the kids, but that's about it. Uh, and then, you know, there's a few other projects out there that I think are, are probably worth mentioning as well. And one of them is a Wi-Fi range extender. So I mentioned the Pi 3, the Pi 4, they have built-in Wi-Fi. Um, but what you can do is you can use these, these Raspberry Pi computers to absorb the Wi-Fi signal to basically hook up to your network and then use a secondary Wi-Fi adapter, like I mentioned you would need for an older version, to then rebroadcast. And so although there is a bit of a delay, you're going to or more of a sacrifice, if you will, in quality. If you have a dead spot in your office, in your lab, or you have a dead spot in your house, um, so like, you know, my house is a couple stories. And when you get downstairs into the basement and across the house from where the router is, it, it slows down significantly if you even have a good Wi-Fi connection. So something like this, yeah, you're going to have a sacrifice, but it's better than nothing. And for 35 bucks, it's a pretty cheap investment. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing you can learn. Like a lot of these things we've talked about is, you know, using a project that will actually benefit you you can learn how to do these things and learn how to use it and learn how to install and configure and things like that. So that's a great starter project that will actually benefit you. Cause I know that like I'm in my old shop right now, I cannot wait to get pushed into the new shop, but we've had this internet unstable instability tonight. And uh, yeah, this would help. What other, what other projects are you, are you using now? Or are you considering potentially using in your shop? Right now, I honestly, I don't because I've been kind of out of it. And as we are getting ready for this episode, there are definite things that I've been looking at I'd like to do. Um, the the one that uh, is three, uh, three bullet points down, the EKG monitor fascinates me, you know, being the medic in the background and all that stuff or being a medic, you know, I, I think that's fantastic is you can actually make an EKG monitor out of, you know, a uh, Raspberry Pi. And that's pretty cool. Oh, dude. And it looks sweet too. Like when you look at it, it looks just like any one of a number of programs I have spent money on to use in simulation to teach. And so, uh, there it's really nice black background, bright colors for all the waveforms. Everything's there. Like it is very, very nice. And again, it doesn't cost you buy, you buy the computer, you set it up, you get a screen for it and it doesn't cost much to go in there because all the software is open source. Yes. And then I'm looking at this is the open EMR, is that an Arduino thing? Or is that no, the... open EMR is a Raspberry, is a Raspberry Pi thing. It's actually, it's actually a Windows thing, but it'll run on Linux. Um, but it's basically an electronic charting, like any of the, you know, we'd use in, in most of our settings. Uh, and so if you're teaching nursing students or medical students, and you don't want to spend a bunch of money on an actual charting system because you're in a school setting rather than a hospital where do you already own it? This is great. I mean, it is a completely free, completely open source electronic charting software that you can install on any computer you already have, or if you want to build a very cheap uh, charting station, so in the corner of one of your sim nursing rooms, or a nurse's station, or even wherever, uh, you could set this up with a monitor, a keyboard, and a, a mouse, put this free software on a $35 computer, and now you're up and charting every one of your simulations just like you would a real patient encounter. And I hear that a lot is, you know, EMR is a big monster that we all have to deal with all this. And you don't have to have like in my area, we're in epic country. You don't have to have it being epic because 
doing the actual charting is the same. You know, you're still having to write a narrative, write it properly. You have to do the, you know, the check boxes and stuff like that. So this, I mean, honestly, I'm looking into this. This, this is the one. You asked me what project am I interested in in doing? This is the one I'm going to look at for my organization because, you know, we live in Epic country and everybody thinks, you know, well, you have to learn on Epic. Well, in my program, we are teaching basic nurses, entry-level nurses, and you want to get in the process of charting, it doesn't have to be an epic. And everybody I've ever talked to says that, you know, the the um, playground in epic is, is not ideal to learn in and work in. So something like this, I can actually put in my labs pretty cheaply. And due to the, the small form factor of the Raspberry Pi, I can, it has a low power demand. It, I can put it in more places and things like that. I mean, you want to talk about um, charting or something like that for a mobile sim lab, this right here would be awesome. So this is the project I'm definitely going to be looking at soon. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Like so for us, uh, and you're in a, you're in a teaching setting, right? So it's great for students. Um, yep. And you know, in my world, because it's, we're teaching people that are going to work with specific software, we need the actual software. Um, but this is, this is, really, really nice that somebody took the time to build this because we it has a lot there. You can teach someone how to do electronic charting, teach them what an electronic medical record is, and you don't actually have to pay for licensing if you're a school for any of the programs that are out there. Uh, and like you said, it doesn't matter if it's Epic or we use EMS charts, which is part of what used to be Golden Hour. It's now owned by Zoll. Uh, all of those programs have a lot of similarities. And so as long as you're able to go through them and understand the basics, they can teach you the finite pieces of each software later when you get to your employer. Yeah. And I mean, it's like when I talk about, um, you know, I'll, I'll get people that say, well, that's not, not the defibrillator we use. And my former boss was like, you know what? They all do the same thing. They just put the buttons in different places. And, and that's a lot about charting. I mean, charting is data entry but it's data entry in, in a certain specific way and making sure you hit all the checkbox and do the right thing and, and learning, just getting yourself experience in doing that. And uh, you know, this is, this is very, very cool. So one of the things that I, that I've built at the house and I've been thinking about putting something like this in, in the actual lab tour in the office uh, is, is an agenda board uh, and, and kind of a combination of a schedule slash photo frame, if you will, that basically just <laughs> scrolls, and I'll just call it a PowerPoint, but basically think about it just kind of comes up. Here's the agenda for the day. You know, here's the location of the bathrooms or here's all the information you need to be successful in your lab today. Uh, and here's your rotation, but also here's some pictures of the lab and just stuff that kind of flashes across the board. And that is super, super simple because all you're needing is it won't be headless because you're going to use a monitor, but you set up the using the open office software. And, and I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on which, which version of open office comes with uh, Raspbian. But basically you create the presentation uh, and then you set it up to run automatically with the animations and it just runs on loop. And that's what's that's broadcast cool. out to the monitor. So it's super easy to follow. There's, it doesn't take hardly any real technical ability to put this together. Uh, and then you can change it too, based on what's going on. You could put a big welcome message up there. If you have a different class coming in or a different group of people, welcome, here's who the people are, pictures of your staff with their names so that when you know the people are coming in, they actually know who the educators are. There's just so much you can do with something so very simple as just a, a flat screen TV with a Raspberry Pi computer literally just taped to the back of it. Put it in a case and tape it to the back of the television and run that the uh, HDMI cable into it. 
which is is great for like a lobby of a sim center or things like that saying you know hey this is what's going on this is where you need to go this is who's in charge you know bathrooms are this way or whatever you know while you're setting up things or whatever and i'm sure you could probably i don't know for sure with this project but remote in from your desk and load those images um and therefore you know get ready for the next day's um missions before you leave and that that would actually be really cool so you are correct. You can remote into these things. Uh, and it's kind of funny. You segued me. We we're jumping a tiny bit ahead, but I might as well do this. So <laughs> for about the last four years, anytime somebody comes, and granted, this is pre-COVID because, you know, we don't have friends anymore. We're not allowed to. Uh, but mm-hmm. the uh, so last four years or so, anytime someone would come stay at my house for a few days, buddies would come by with their families, bring their kids, et cetera. It, my brother-in-law and his and my you know, sister-in-law and their kids came by just about anyone that came to stay at my house left my house with a retro pie like raspberry pi arcade um, because i i do have stockpiles of the little raspberry pi zeros which is the one and they come both in the like I said wi-fi and non-wi-fi version the non-wi-fi version is five bucks uh, and then you just plug an sd card into it that you flash to the software and so what i've done is i've taking my collection I have of old school video game ROMs, which are basically the software to play video games for an old NES, like 1985 NES, right? And what I would do is I flash those onto the SD card and then you plug in a old school looking Nintendo or Super Nintendo controller that instead of having the original NES plug in the end has USB. Uh, And so people would come Mm -hmm. and I would plug one of these things in, I'd hook it up on my network and then I would wire into, or I would, sorry, I would I'd wirelessly tap into it and transfer all of those ROMs from my Mac to the, the Raspberry Pi. And we would leave and go do something. Like one time I went to a concert with my brother-in-law. We came back from the concert four hours later and all the games were on there. Uh, and when I say all the games, I quite literally mean like every game ever made for Nintendo is, is on this thing. And we then don't, I, yeah, well, we don't exactly. Condone this. <laughs> we don't condone this. Yeah, I, yes, we, we can get into a whole, all kinds of questions about yeah, that one. Careful. Uh, but then we take the, you know, and then I just give them a controller and this Raspberry Pi thing and they go home and they plug it into their TV. And it, it's like having the, you know, the micro or the Nintendo, was it Nintendo mini that came out a few years ago, whatever it is. Um, it's the same concept. Yeah. All the games play, they're emulated You use it, a USB controller. Uh, but instead of paying 60 bucks for 20 games or 30 games or whatever comes on it. And I'm not going to lie. I have one of those two. I stood in line for it until like midnight one night. Um, but that system, Stayed, you get what, what the, the Nintendo mini or oh, micro, whatever it came Nintendo? out. Like, yeah. Like came out in 2016 <laughs> and it came out in, I think November <laughs> and had... I went, I was that guy, dude. They only, my, I called Walmart in town, the town I lived in, which you is had... kind of like nobody dude, I called the, yeah. called the store and they said, we have let six me... of them. And so I went okay, and got in line. Clear. Yep. Go ahead. Let me... let me get this clear. You literally gave the, the the equivalent of this as a parting gift to anybody that came over yet stood in line for the real deal. Is yes. that is that what you're telling me? Yes, I am absolutely <laughs> saying. So so here's the deal. Now there is a reason for this. I still have my original Nintendo, my Nintendo 64 from when I was a kid, and all of the games that I either had from being a child or that I picked up at thrift stores over the years up until people got crazy and now you can't afford to buy any of this stuff. Um, so I am not right. kidding when I say that there is a closet in my guest room, which is my kind of my office at the house. There's a closet in the guest room that is from the shelf to the ceiling. The full width of the closet is nothing but old school Nintendo and Nintendo 64 games. And both systems still work. Damn. Yeah. So I was not going to miss out on a new release of an original Nintendo. So I, I went to the store. 
I got there. I was the second guy in line, which means I was not the craziest person at Walmart that day. And then I called my buddy and I said, Hey, I'm in line at Walmart. Do you want to, yeah, do you want me, you want to come jump in line with me if you want one of these things? And he goes, sure. Why the hell not? Be number three. Yep. So, so he shows up and then it ended up being the, the three of us and then three Walmart employees that got off shift at like nine 30 or whatever, got in line behind us. And so we sat nice. there until midnight. The release was at 1205 or whatever in the morning we bought them and then we drove home. Uh, and so I actually bought it and gave it to my kid for Christmas that year. Cause it was kind of one of those moments of like, my son's first video game system is the exact same thing that my first video game system was a bunch of years ago. Um, yep. So that was kind I of did fun. the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I built the RetroArch out of the Raspberry Pi at first. And then when I tried to load Nintendo 64 games, it just didn't have enough horsepower to really go. True. And I wanted some other games. And so I ended up taking an old computer out of, you know, that we had retired out of work and built a whole retro arch. I bought every controller for Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64 that were USB that would plug into it. And my kids played it for like a week and they were like, man, whatever. So when I build the shop, that's going out with dad. Yep. I've got one in the shop too, in my garage. It's sitting on top of a, yes. I have like a metal, I guess you call it a gun cabinet. It doesn't have guns in it because it's in the garage, but I have a metal gun cabinet out there. And on top yeah. of it is like a 24 inch monitor, with the Raspberry Pi plugged in. Uh, and a couple old school nice. like Nintendo and Super Nintendo controllers out there. It hardly ever gets played unless my kid needs to go. They kind of warm up when he's playing outside or whatever. And I'm in the in the garage for something. I'll come in and play it for a minute. Um, but yeah, it, nice. I mean, it, it's pretty cool. So I, I'm with you, dude. I've got all the original Nintendo games, Super Nintendo, uh, Game Boy, anything you can imagine. Atari. Uh, I've got Doom on there, the original Doom. Uh, so all of that's there. But you're absolutely correct, especially the 3B would not it wouldn't it just could not keep up with nintendo 64 and playstation games uh it will play them it just doesn't play them well i i have not tried it on a on the raspberry pi 4b yet with the you know with the higher memory capacity the higher ram we'll see what happens um but i haven't got a i haven't tried that out yet but anyway that video games if, if nothing else you gotta have at least one of these things at your house because you can play all the video games from your childhood all right so here's the thing <laughs> we, i do have we, we digressed over I have one more glucometer, yep. uh, it's glucometer project. And there's actually multiple glucometer projects out there. So the Raspberry Pi has been So used. you have two. Yeah. You've got two more to talk about. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. The other one's another fun one though. Yeah. So the glucometer yeah. project, when I was at IMSH a couple of years ago, I bumped into a couple of guys at the Simvinner Showcase uh, and they were talking about basically presenting their Raspberry Pi driven um, simulated glucometer. It was very similar to what you were talking about earlier. You sent the number from one side to the other. And I believe they actually had a mobile phone app. It actually worked on your phone. So it was probably web-based. I don't honestly oh. don't remember the details. So that's pretty cool. And that works well in our setting. But since we're talking about other medical devices while we're at it, there is a whole range of actual working medical devices that have been created with Raspberry Pi. And one of them is a working glucometer. Uh, and so you can actually flick, you know, prick some blood, drop it in there. It does the, the actual calculation and gives you the real numbers. Um, and then while we're on that topic, I've seen EKGs that are actual working EKGs yeah. that have been built out of this. Like there's stuff that we won't necessarily Easy. use in simulation, but it falls into the medical realm. And a lot of times just having that stuff as a, almost like a motivation, right? Like if it can work on a real patient, damn sure we can make it work on a fake patient. And so well, just finding the right person. Them, but see, I defy you. I say, what about a low funded or, you know, EMS or, or just a low funded or third world um, low funded SIM center that can't have a defibrillator? 
well, you know what? By golly, I can at least generate a rhythm on that monitor. And that's cool as hell. Because if you can do that and generate some vitals, that gives you more. That, that you know, gets you to the learning objectives and stuff like that. So no, man, the ECG monitor is amazing. Well, that's and just, it, I think you and I are on, on two different topics. I'm talking about the actual working one with electrodes you put on a patient. Yes. Um, but there is yes. the other one we talked about earlier, which is exactly for a sim center that is everything is simulated, just like you're using a CAE touch pro or using dart sim, uh, where you send the information from another location and it shows up on the screen. And, and I think that, yeah. like you said, that's going to be super effective for a sim center that doesn't necessarily have the funding to go out and buy a brand new monitor or hook something up or pay a subscription service to any one of the companies out there that does that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just thinking about like, an, there. I'm thinking about an old sim man classic that, you know, say a third world country has. And if you put your leads on that three G, it will generate it to a monitor. And that's cool as hell. All right, last the last thing I have, and granted, we went off on a video game tangent and already got off, off topic for quite a bit, but this is a bit off topic too. And I intentionally put this in there for Phil Wortham. So hopefully he's listening to this, but <laughs> Phil has a tendency to post photos of his wonderful Floridian life. I say that because it's like negative 10 outside um, where he'll take his lunch break and go cruise around his longboard, skate around, enjoy himself, whatever, which is awesome. Um, but... One of the Raspberry Pi projects that I found a while back is actually a motorized longboard that clicks along at about God. 30 kilometers an hour. And so I think, I think that's something he may want to take a look at. Some others may want to as well. I want to say the total investment was a few hundred bucks, maybe $300, including the board and the trucks. Um, but it would, it would absolutely be worth looking at. Somebody wants a remote controlled longboard that actually is motorized and just cruises along. It's 30 kilometers an hour, so like 17, 18 miles an hour. Like it's a pretty good speed. That's totally cool. All right, man. So I, I feel like we've kind of covered a lot of stuff, both on topic and off topic, because that's just how we roll. Nope. <laughs> I want one more thing. Uh-oh. I want I miss? one more thing. And the thing is, no, not missed. We have talked about Raspberry Pi. We don't want to talk about Arduino yet, but I want our listeners to start posting their projects or their projects they want to do or the cool stuff they've seen that maybe we missed. So in all seriousness, you know, whatever social media platform we're on, most of them, uh, we want you to, you know, start giving us feedback on what are some cool projects either you didn't know and we brought up or you we didn't know and we need to know about or things that you've done and if it worked, if it didn't. And, uh, you know, how you liked it. So we want to hear from you on that out there. Uh, remember, we're on the Twitters. We're on the Instagrams, Facebook. Uh, he does the Reddit. Anyways, Twitter and all, all that stuff. So. All right. Well, we will talk to you shortly with some of those other things we've been talking about. Make sure you send us your ideas for future episodes and have a wonderful night.